All right, welcome to episode four of a Funny Story About Money. I'm really excited about to have my next guest on. He's actually one of my oldest friends in the world, and he's done some really cool things with his life. And and uh, now he owns what I believe is the coolest barbershop and salon combo in Edmonton. And I don't even really know how to what to call it, but like a beauty line, I guess. But since it's for guys, so I'm not going to call it a beauty line. It's awesome branding. It's called Prairie Boy Supply. I'm really excited to hear his story. Uh, welcome to the show, Jason Ritchie. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for coming. This is your first podcast? This is my first podcast. You're nervous? I'm a little nervous, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be nervous. You're just talking to me. Nobody listens to this shit anyway, <laughs> so it's fine. Um, well, first, I, so I've known Jason since elementary school, but why don't you tell anybody that's listening a little bit about yourself? Okay, I'm a, a father, a, a grinder, a blue-collar grinder, and I'm out here in Edmonton hustling. That's, that's about all. What, how's your, you have a daughter? I have a seven-year-old daughter named Zoe. Right. She's nice. a beauty. Yeah, uh, she is a beauty. And uh, so uh, you own a couple businesses, that's right? I do, yeah. I co-own some businesses with my baby mama, actually. So we have a barber shop called The Refuge Barber and Supply and a hair salon called Vanity Corner Hair Boutique. Nice. And where, I don't know the address here. We are on the wrong side of Oliver Square on 116th Street and 107th Ave, but we have a freestanding building. Top floor is salon, bottom floor is the barbershop. Yeah, and it's super cool if you haven't been in here. It's, I mean, it's just a really interesting, awesome atmosphere. And uh, so it sort of like kind of matches your guys' personalities. Because if you look at Jason, well, he's got a couple tattoos. How many tattoos do you have? Uh, I think I got one big one. Yeah. <laughs> what, if you had to guess, like how many times have you been in a chair? 50? 50. Impressive. <laughs> and painful. You got some in some interesting spots. I, I got some good ones and I got some bad ones. For sure. Well, that'll it comes with time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And why don't you tell me a little bit about Prairie Boys before we uh, go okay. backwards? Prairie Boys is a cool project. It's a Canadian-made men's grooming line. So it's about four years old. I started it with some buddies, Brian Welch and Chris McPhee, mm-hmm. and it is kind of a product based on the information era. We were really big into Instagram early on and kind of blew it up online through really kind of trendy and current marketing and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what it is. And so what are the products that Prairie Boys make? So we offer men's hair care, beard care, stuff for shaving. We have some limited edition apparel and we kind of want to expand that. Nice. But now it's just you. It's just me now through trial and error. I'm the last man standing, but right. it's, it's going good. That's good. And we'll get back to that. Sorry, I, I shouldn't. I asked. I went forward too much. Oh, no sweat. But uh, I actually don't know the answer to this question because, like, after high school, everybody sort of goes their own way. I run into you uh, from time to time but not enough, like we didn't see each other that much. 
my favorite part about you being, you know, running this barber shop now is that I get to see you once every like five weeks or I come in too late all the time, but <laughs> now I look really fresh for my next meeting and, I, and we get to catch up. So how did you get into this business? Like what were you, what were you doing before that and how did well, that happen? I had a good gig right out of high school. So I was working in a three-way partnership with my uncle and my grandpa and we were buying you know better than average homes and good communities renovating them flipping them and i was living in these essentially what today would be million dollar houses oh really we were splitting the profits and that was going well until the market changed Mm -hmm. and i took the lion's share of my money at the time being dumb and you know spent it on traveling and came home and you know didn't know what to do essentially I always had interest in, you know, hair and fashion and the arts, so I took the plunge and I guess never looked back, went to hair school, uh, worked, did an apprenticeship at a salon downtown and, you know, from there got into an ownership role and have never really looked back. Interesting. Yeah, so I didn't know that. I knew you worked with your dad a little bit. Like with Yeah, his... I, I was uh, building, I guess, framing injectable panels with foam doing that for a while until my dad moved his business to China and then again kind of out of work but rolled into something with my uncles but that that didn't last too long oh okay is that Doug is that what Doug and Matt are doing still Doug and Matt have their own housing company called Ashton Homes but they uh, they don't do prefab okay but that was Doug that your uncle that you were working with before yeah yeah but oh. that was a separate project that was right yeah, because yeah, I saw Matt too, not too long ago, but and I, I have no idea. Oh, right. shout out to Matt. He just had a second kid last week, so good oh, for Maddie. Nice. Well, that's cool. The, uh, so yeah, so you went traveling. This was what I'm just thinking about housing because I was framing at the time, <clears throat> just trying to think of the 2007. Yeah, the, the wheels fell off in about 2005 to really turn like a big profit. Like we were doing real well on these houses. Right. But around 2005, maybe even slightly before, it, it became more challenging. They had put in some laws. They had made it more difficult to flip homes. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, they were harder to find. It was too time consuming and kind of moved on from there. Right. Yeah. So you come home. From what Thailand? I was in, yeah, Southeast Asia for a while, and then I was just looking for something to do. You know, mm -hmm. I was lucky that I was in a position where my parents had put away money for me, so I had an education paid. Right. Hair school is astronomically expensive for what it is. Is it? It is a burn. Where do you a, go? I went to Estelle. I purposely looked for. I wanted to go to more of like a a blue collar like kind of humble school I didn't know how to braid hair I didn't know how to do anything so I, I looked for a school that wasn't intimidating I literally looked for the shittiest school to make me, <laughs> to make me feel shout outs right. to Estelle though it turned out okay but right. yeah I wanted to go to somewhere really chill there was Marvell at the time which was a little more intimidating high end so I looked for the the opposite nice well, it makes sense. You're like, I'm scared, but I, what am I doing? Totally. <laughs> you needed to feel comfortable because it, it was a real plunge. I was already an adult. I right. had money. I wasn't sure if I could do this. 
I knew I didn't want to go back to construction. I wanted right. to become a business owner. So I knew what I wanted, but it was just oh, difficult yes. to get there. Sorry, back. Somebody called for an appointment. We're back. You, uh, so you're an adult in this school. You wanted to be a business owner. You didn't just want to get a job. As, no, like I, I don't have huge passion for doing hair. Like I love doing hair. I prefer it over the other things, like construction, framing. I don't like to sell things. So for me, it was a good job, but I love the idea of owning my own businesses, creating, branding. I love that. And I figured I could fast track myself to getting there. Hair right. was just a part of it. Like, it's just a part of what I do. Right. So you, for you, it was just like, this is my trade, but I'm starting a business. Absolutely. Right? Like, that was your whole mindset going into doing hair? Yeah, that's well said. I looked at it as as kind of a stepping stone to a bigger thing and it's my trade you know right exactly yeah because i remember when i heard that i was like richie's doing hair now i was like what <laughs> like what the hell when did that happen it's not like you were doing cosmetology in high school no. or even remotely thinking about it never like yeah you're all always stylish and he, and he was always grinding it my backstory is like i love like You'd always like buy clothes off guys and then sell them back to people or whatever. <laughs> like in like junior high, like making money, just like making people look better. So it, was, <laughs> it made me. But it made sense that you were going to be an entrepreneur. Your dad was, all your uncles, your grandpa, like everybody you knew, and that was your. Totally. So that's where I didn't get it back in the day because I thought like, oh, now he just wants to go like make and in my mind I don't know how much a hairstylist makes but I don't think when I was getting my haircuts before this at Singleton's I don't think anybody <laughs> was rolling in cash so I was like what that's a tough grind that part of hairstyling is not fun I wouldn't recommend it to anybody right it's just not a thing is that like own you own a chair right you can be your own sort of business you can or minimum wage but you gotta Man, if, if you're paying $15 for your hair, that poor person who's doing your hair, is, they're making minimum wage for sure. Right. Not a good but, gig. And then they're probably not getting huge tips. No. I mean, like 20% of $15 is... Right. Oh. And people going to Singletons, who knows if they're even That's tipping true. that much. That's I used true. to like tip a lot because I was like, this haircut <laughs> costs five bucks. Like, so I'd be like, yeah. That's so, true. 20% really doesn't seem fair off of an $11 haircut, <laughs> but... <laughs> That's very true. So, okay, so you, where's the first place you started cutting hair, and was it your own, or...? No, I, I was, I was pretty motivated to work in a cool space and to take it all in, so I was eager, and like I said, I was pretty mature, like I was older than a lot of people I went to hair school with. Yeah. So I literally went to what I thought was the best, coolest hair salon in Edmonton, which was Icon Hair Gallery downtown in Commerce Place. Mm -hmm. So it was also intimidating, but I was going to see this through regardless. Right. So I was working there as a receptionist and towel duty and just really grinding it out. And then I landed up buying the business two years later. 
so nice. it all worked out. So I've I've had every job in a hair salon from scrubbing toilets to cutting checks, and it's it's not too bad. Well, and that's and I like that part of the story is uh, I always you know you want to tell people like oh if you want to be a business owner if you want to buy a business of some sort go and work at that business for you know a year or two learn that business understand each person's role you're gonna be a better owner and you're gonna find out if that's even a business you want to own oh absolutely absolutely and you know what for me the pot thickened when I took a personal loan from my parents, right? So there was no way that I could fail. I needed to pay them back and I needed to make sure it was something I wanted to do because, you know, two, three years prior, it wasn't even a thought. So right. it made sense for me to grind it from the bottom up. Nice. So how did it come across that you could buy that? You know, it was all all timing. You know, I mm-hmm. I had put my time in, and the owner who I was doing my apprenticeship under wanted to get into semi retirement, and he didn't offer the business to me in its entirety. He offered it to myself and another guy, mm-hmm. and it was a no brainer for me. It was I just needed to come up with the cash because right. it did everything I wanted, and it was it's a, a beautiful shop, and it, it just made sense. Right. But so what happened there? Like, how did this? Well, it, you know, it, it made sense to a couple of guys that didn't understand the numbers. And, you know, we, <laughs> we, were, we were literally doing a million dollars a year in revenue only to make 40 grand a year. You each know? or total? Each. Each. Okay. So, I mean, it, um, you know, you have $10,000 a month rent. Yeah, most, dude, sure. Most of your employees are on 50% commission. And then you mismanage your money, and then you have all your fitted expenses. So there wasn't much left over. But to be honest, where I was at in my life, that, that was okay for a few years. I sure. owned this beautiful business, first time being self-employed, creating my own hours. It was enough. Right. So I, I, I had a great time there. I was learning still about my craft. I was working 40 hours some weeks and zero hours the next. It was, it was good. Nice. And then how did you end up getting out? Because the next step is this shop, right? Um, there was one in between. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so when we realized finally that we wanted to make some adult money, we right. needed to we <laughs> right. needed to get out of there. Because okay. we at that point, you know, we had got a good accountant, we had got a second set of eyes on the project and we just realized that we were not gonna make money. Right. We, that was our ceiling because not only our rent was going up and we, the thing about the hairdressing game is a haircut can't be $150 one day you know right. it's competitive people will go elsewhere so we actually lined up selling the business to a group of girls who have done amazing with it so I believe they have some estheticians in there as well and they're better at business than we were because they're still there to this day so oh nice so you did you did sell it it was we did like, sell it wasn't we, like we, a loss we, close the doors like. no 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 we we sold it and we got out just barely alive enough to start the next project <laughs> right so well yeah because okay so you were basically running a business to have a low-paying job it, yeah like which, you knew and if you ever needed extra money you had none Right? Like, yeah, it was, it was it was more of a, a lifestyle thing. I right. like the lifestyle. Sure. But when you're approaching 
your your thirties, I suppose, at this point, you start thinking about money and real life, and right. you know, not just getting by and mm-hmm. hanging out. You know, right. Well, and that was my twenties, and when I talked about my story a little bit. I was like, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't making any money in my 20s because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was having a great time. Like, Oh, absolutely. Like, I was making enough to not pay the rent in my mom's basement. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, okay, one step forward, where do you go next? So then we go open a shop, me and my former partner, on 103rd and Jasper Ave. And everything was going great there. Turnkey business from day one. Our rent was a fraction of the price. We essentially moved across the street, so we were able to hang on to all of our clients. Nice. It was amazing. And um, I guess from there, I'd have to say it's all. Uh, I I switched the script up there after I got Aaron pregnant, essentially. So I guess it's. Oh, so you met Aaron while you were at that show. Yeah, yeah, and it's all fun and games until someone gets pregnant, I suppose. So <laughs> once uh, once I knew we were expecting, and, you know, Aaron was a stylist as well, mm-hmm. there was no reason for us to be in a partnership with a third party. We just, we needed to have our own business. I didn't want to share profits. I was really driven to control you know my family's destiny my family's finances all that i was scared shitless right of course so i was just you know one track mind my partner and i we didn't have the greatest relationship so it 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 was an easy decision right you know we um we were just super complacent we were we weren't doing anything progressive we were just showing up we had a turnkey business so it was lacking its passion right so for me it was easy to go try to do something creative and by that time I didn't want to conform I was probably not a great partner because I had my own vision I didn't want to share it with anyone so Aaron and I worked well together and we opened these businesses which so did you know did you know Aaron from cutting hair like did she work with you before you guys did this no no we um, we never worked with one another okay So you guys, Aaron's pregnant. Yeah. She's a stylist. You, own, but she doesn't own a place. She's just nope. working she, as she, a stylist. She's a stylist. She's recently back from Vancouver, and you know she's pregnant. We're hard up. Right. <laughs> it's, it's go time essentially. Right. And then so you're like, okay, well, I guess let's uh, just go all in and go all together on everything. On everything. Like, on everything. Let's start all a business in. together. All all let's in. have a baby together. And here's the kicker. We, we had only known each other for about three or four months. But right. I was going all in. I was going all in regardless. Nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aaron's awesome. Oh, she, and who's better Aaron's at doing best. hair? Aaron is better than me at doing hair. <laughs> and having a baby. <laughs> right. Well, women are generally better at that. So, what's the idea? How do you get into this spot? Why do you. You know what? Um, long story short, you know, had, had the money. My, the previous businesses were doing pretty good. And we knew what we wanted. We wanted a place with parking. 
because I had now had two businesses that didn't have parking and it was the only constant complaint we'd have. You know, like some right. women's hair is three or four or five hours long at times, right? So if you're paying a meter, you got to reload it. If you're in a parking garage, it's like $25, $30 additional cost. Mm-hmm. So we found this place and it wasn't to our exact liking. So we came up with a concept that we thought would fit and built kind of a tree fort. And, you know, we love it here. It's awesome. Yeah, like you you did a lot of this work in here, right? Yeah, we had some a lot of help with some friends, but right. yeah, for the most part, like if you saw the finishing here, it doesn't require a, you know, a red seal carpenter by any means. No, but it looks super cool. I, I love the atmosphere in this place. The I uh, and I, and I'll be honest, I I know for years I was like I got to start going to Jay to get my hair cut, but I was like I don't like going downtown and like having to park. Like it's true. I don't like that, so I was like, I'm not, unless I'm there. And the only time I ever came by your shop in Manulife Place, I walked in there and they're like, Jason doesn't own this anymore. And I was like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) And then I think they told me you were down the street. And I was like, so I never really saw either of them when you owned them, unfortunately. But so did your old partner, did he buy you out of the business? Yeah, essentially that's how it went down. And, um, he, after I left, he hung on to it for a while, but he changed careers afterwards. Oh, he did? He did, yeah. Yeah. So this was your first real branding, marketing thing, in my opinion, that was just such a cool, like, just the look of this place is like, yeah, it's different. And that's what I love about it, is like you guys with all these cool art on the walls and palettes on the ceilings. and like you said not like crazy you know high-end finishes but neat totally and uh and so you started upstairs right we started upstairs we've been here for i guess seven years yesterday oh cool and then happy anniversary yeah thank you and then we aaron and i had the opportunity to get downstairs yeah and i believe the barbershop's been going for a little over four years right nice and why do you come up with these names you know what vanity corner i believe was aaron's name and then the refuge i think we came about it together we wanted to create an environment where guys didn't feel rushed if they wanted to come in have their hair done play darts or meet up with buddies or we host some wedding parties and events we kind of wanted something to fit under that umbrella awesome yeah it's super cool in the basement and yeah. then I run into people here all the time that I know because now like everybody we know comes and gets you a yes. haircut from you. So I'm like, oh, hey, buddy, like I haven't seen you in 10 years. That is one of the best parts of my job. Well, actually, it is the best part. Is it's, it's casual. I love bumping into guys. You know what it's like once you have a kid and businesses. You, your social life is down the drain. So it, yeah. it's good to see familiar faces, and we're grateful for the support. Well, awesome. So then obviously it was going well for the three years before you started, you know, downstairs. Right? Like, it was it was going good. And the biggest reason for downstairs was just kind of staying on trend. We realized that, you know, men want their own space. The two crafts are different. There was a shortage of progressive barbershops in the city mm-hmm. and you know we t- we took the plunge we saw some other people do it and they had immediate success so we assumed there wasn't that much risk and it worked out from day one 
Right, and how many how many people do you have working for you now? We have we have six really eager, hardworking barbers downstairs, mm-hmm. so that's good. We have had more, but this industry is tricky. You know, not everyone that you invest in works out, and not everyone gets along. It's it's a bizarre ride. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what and upstairs? Upstairs, we are down to four, okay. but we've had upwards of eight at times. But same situation. Right. It's just a fun cutthroat. I want. Oh, it's it's a transient world, you know. Like hairdressers are a different type. Right. It's competitive. We, you know, what our original core at Vanity Corner, I'm super proud of because some of them have moved on and been successful in their own endeavors, and right. everyone is still killing it. But we've Good. had we've had other waves where it hasn't been as successful. Right. <laughs> So you just kind of got to get used to like you're never you're not gonna probably have a staff that lasts forever like exactly there's you know what this is a a fickle business because you know what you can guesstimate on your numbers and it can all change so quickly you know so you want to make sure that you got a ironclad lease and you're not paying too much and you just treat your people well because staff you're at the mercy of your staff in this game. Mm-hmm. And any game, I think, right? Like mm-hmm. you treat them well, and I, I think you guys have taken them on some trips, even and stuff. Oh yeah, right? we've like, done some trips. We've gone out of our way to get some benefits, which in our industry don't really exist. Right. So we we do what we think is fair. You know, yeah. we I do feel like at times we've overextended ourselves, but I feel like a lot of the times our staff has as well. Like, you know Jeff, who works with us? Yeah. This guy has become like the blood, sweat, and tears of our business, right? So, nice. you, you meet people like that that you, you're forever grateful for, right? Right. So. Beauty. And any, like, the, the brand, any thoughts on expanding the brand around the city or trying you know, to grow... I, I, the next space we'll open will be under the Prairie Boy umbrella. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we will we'll do a, a, a fresh concept under that. Nice. Well, I guess that's probably a good transition then. The way, do you have anything else you want to add on, on the shop? I think that's about all. Yeah, shout out to Aaron, you know, for right. really grinding this place, being the talent, being a great partner, and, you mm-hmm. know, that's about it. Nice. Yeah, Aaron's the only reason this place is successful. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, uh, this is true. But yeah, I, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, if you haven't, it's a really, really cool place to get a haircut and, and get a good haircut. So that I would switch shops if you're looking around. And uh, so let's get into Prairie Boys, which I think is was just right when I saw it, I was like, man, is Richie good at branding and and like just making waves on social media. I've been trying right for three years to, hi Aaron. Hey. You say hi. Hi. <laughs> That's Aaron. She runs the show. <laughs> but uh, so, I wish I could do that with K4 the way that you guys just kind of blew up online. But what? How did that start? I mean, obviously okay. you're in the. So, the idea originally came from a friend and an original partner in Prairie Boys, Chris McPhee. So he was lucky enough to marry a girl from Portland, 
and to spend a good amount of time there. Mm-hmm. And he had seen beard care before anyone. He had seen beard care before me. And that's kind of crazy considering I'm in the beauty game, right? And right. I had never heard of it. And again, we were on trend and the beard explosion, you know, three or four years, right. whatever it was, was huge. And Chris had an idea to make a beard oil. So, I mean, you can find recipes online and you can learn about essential oils and, you know, how to manufacture. Mm-hmm. So, me, Chris McPhee, and Brian Welch came up with Prairie Boys Supply Co. And we put all of our eggs in one basket and we used Instagram to its fullest potential. Use the appropriate hashtags. We went as far as bringing the biggest bearded model on earth out to Edmonton. He goes by Chris John Millington. You can check him now. He probably has half a million organic followers. This guy's modeled for Chanel, Gucci. He's an H&M ads with David Beckham. So we brought him out here. We got photos of him. We used his name and hashtags and we built the brand on Instagram. Mm. And that was like your only branding was like doing it on Instagram? Our only thing we were doing was Instagram. And you know what? Chris really believed in it. It was different. You know, it is the information era. I mean, you put a hashtag, for example, Tokyo, and now you got people on the other side of the world looking at your stuff. So it just seemed like it was the only thing that mattered. Right. And so you're making this beard oil. Do you guys just found a recipe online? Through trial and error. So we would make it. Chris would really assert himself and I would test it here. And uh, we had a good thing going. Brian would make sure that... uh, So Brian's an accountant. He's my accountant if that uh, works. And theirs too. (laughs) Yeah, ours too. And a very smart guy. So he would essentially let Chris and I run wild. And then if we were getting... Weird with the numbers or whatever. Yeah, he'd he'd reel us back in. Right. So, you know what? And we we sourced our ingredients perfectly from day one. So we found a reputable Canadian-made, Canadian-sourced brand that would kind of keep us out of trouble. We were never messing with anything too foreign or too bizarre. Right. It, it worked out well. So, yeah, I just, like, this is just crazy. So you're just like, oh, we're just going to make, we're just going to all of a sudden out of nowhere make a product. <laughs> and, I, like, where do you get packaging? How do you even we, figure out all of this stuff? Like, how do you package it? How is this? Yeah, well, there, there's some compliance that we didn't know about. So right. we learned, the, you know, the laws and the compliance behind the packaging and then, from there, our biggest thing was we wanted it to be cool. We wanted it to be minimal. So right. we, but you know, the, com- the compliance doesn't allow you to necessarily do that. So mm-hmm. actually, when we dropped our first pomades, they looked like they were from the future and they blew up. We had these hand stamped tins with slips that came off of it. So there was zero branding, zero literature on the labels. And it was really refreshing. I think people liked that. Yeah, oh, it was awesome. Those tins are so cool. To yeah. this day, those are money. But, right. you know, we uh, fast forward the story a little bit. We became maybe the only one, if not one of very few uh, Edmonton-based companies to get a cosmetic distribution deal at the time. Mm. So when that happened, the distributor couldn't sell our goods because they were just too clean. 
they, they're like, listen, for us to sell this across the country, it needs this NC, it needs this compliance, and then... Oh, it needs all the ingredients Just, on it just everything, because we like, had it, but on a slip, right? So, it, uh, yeah, like, we, we just wanted it to be cool, to be current, and right. we got lucky again. So you're selling it online in the beginning, right? Like yeah, we, we were selling it online, and we were selling it in my spaces yeah. and probably in a dozen places in Edmonton and you know we got lucky we got a place in New York we got a place in LA we got mm -hmm. you know just but again Instagram like we linked with this model we were on trend and you know like year one for us was incredible because you know like the power of being right on a trend like no kidding I'm still trying to emulate that like that our biggest wave was early on right like now we're an actual product line but yeah. back then we were a part of a trend and being part of a trend is so powerful like oh for sure i, I mean i every time i saw it i was like this is huge like this is gonna be totally and, like, and it was a perfect timing so it was it was amazing but like how do you like three guys that don't know what's going <laughs> on try and make that scale and work right like yeah it was it, it was wild. It, it was a good run. It was a good run. And I think all the time today, like, how how can we hop on another trend, right? And right. now, like, I've been in the beauty game for over a decade, right? Mm -hmm. I've, I've been self-employed for over a decade now, so I've probably been doing hair for 13 or 14 years, realistically. And that's the biggest fad. That's the biggest explosion. So now... I, d I don't know if we can replicate that again, right? So right. now it's about being a complete men's grooming line and maybe watch the way that people consume products. Maybe that will be the next wave is finding a different way to sell it to them, to get them to a, whether it be through subscription or some type of membership, right? Right. Because, I mean, I want there to be a trend again, but, I mean, it's 12 years in the making. And then also we we don't want to be gimmicky, you know, like, sure. like I believe having a beard is a part of being a man. Like I, I never thought of it as being a gimmick, like beard care to me made sense to us. It made sense. Yeah. Like it, it sits on your face. It, it should, you should take care of it. Yeah. I've never rubbed anything in my beard and that's why I shave it off when it gets too long. Cause it hurts. <laughs> it totally. <laughs> so, I, uh, so, you're blowing up somehow there Brian stops I think I remember if, if that. yeah Brian so Brian he he leaves he leaves the company he uh, Brian is much more established than Chris and I I think at this point and this project now is it's a lot of work right it's a lot a lot of work and you know Chris Chris leaves about a year afterwards as well I mean it this project's a lot of work he's successful at what he does he's a super talented carpenter builder and everyone's just struggling to find time yeah and I think I land up with the brand because I can do it under one roof I can, right. you know I'm in the grooming business right mm -hmm. and you know what it's I kind of reap the benefits of two super smart guys being a part of the company before, right? So right. now I have a business that has influences from two of the smartest guys that I know. Mm -hmm. 
and now you're trying to go it alone so you've hit the wave now you're like well, how do i scale this business what do i do yeah. do i want what do you want out of it you know what i am willing to roll with the punches for the next few years mm-hmm. for me it's good the profit margins are nice i sell it under my roof i'm grateful to have you know upwards of 25 30 retailers mm-hmm. and you know, we have a decent online business. It could be way better. I'm really focused on getting the online going. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We got three pomades that we dropped this year. I'm working on some other stuff. I'm going to shoot the brand completely different moving forward. We're going to go towards more of a lifestyle line. Mm-hmm. So I think we know the next wave to shoot it, to look good and, to, you know, again for the gram. But now there's other social outlets that are important too. Right. We don't just focus on the gram. And, you know, we'll just ride the wave for the next bit. Hmm. So when you say we now, is it just you? It's, it's just me. But we, you know, once you have other retailers that, you know, believe in your brand, you right. got to do what's best for them as well, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I can't go get totally artsy and totally crazy and just start branding whatever. So right. I think we, when I say that, it's about the people who purchased the brand, the people who've believed in it, who helped me with it, you know? Right. So. I see. Nice. And uh, so now how do you get it? produced like I'm always interested about like manufacturing and selling a good like that to retailers like how are you doing this if you're the you're working here full-time you're a dad you're with Zoe all the time you've got your life part like you've got a life how come you're not in a shop like mixing chemicals yeah like how does that uh, work no, we, we stream on, streamlined the project quite some time ago. So we're out in a manufacturer in Allen Brampton. Okay. And we were with, I wanted to keep everything in Alberta, but as you, you know, get some experience in this game, you, you get some more contacts and you know where to go. That's been the hardest part of this is no one wants to share their contacts, right? Right. And you try to do things on the independent scale. I don't want to just go to the biggest manufacturer where everything else is made. I want to have a little independence. I want to be totally hands-on. So I found an amazing manufacturer out in Brampton. Everything's still Canadian-made, Canadian-sourced. So Nice. And then they package it, whatever, they and do, do they, they do send everything. it out? No. Do you still mail the packages no, I, like you did? I, I, I mail a good portion of the packages. I do have people that help me out, but yeah. I do mail a good part of the packages. And they they are not pretty, but our retailers know everything is completely recycled. I don't spend a great deal on the packaging. Mm-hmm. I would rather include extras. So rather than paying 5 or $10 for you to have this fancy packaging that you're going to throw out anyway, I'd rather include a shirt or a hat or additional grooming products. So Right, nice. And where can you find these products? Like where, where are well, they being sold now? I mean, one of my favorite retailers is in Saskatoon. They're mm-hmm. called High Noon Barber. You should check them out. They're pretty amazing. And then we sell them and you know, all across. Nice. So you're the, you're the sales team. <laughs> yeah. Like Cause we, I remember I dated a girl that sold cosmetic products for like a huge company that you would never think of before. And like, this is a huge game. Like, how do you get a, even a small piece of that pie, right? Like, the, it is a 
a massive game. Like we, so I guess to answer that question better is I do belong to a, a distribution company called International Beauty Services, okay. and they they sell it to most places. Actually, I'm not supposed to be doing too much selling in their territory, but you know, like with us being an Instagram business, people contact me all the time. Oh, so if it like comes to you, then that sort of yeah, I kind of like I'm on the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to this company. Like they represent all the biggest lines. Like right, like their color brands are important to them. Kevin Murphy, you know, they're electrical. We're kind of their local independent company. We we scratch right. a certain niche for them, so they stick it out with us. But nice. if someone wants to buy it, I'm in the business of selling it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I remember I. I walked into a store in uh, Clear Lake, Manitoba. We go there every summer, and I was like, this store is awesome. They should sell Prairie Boys in here, and then they did. Yeah. And you I know, was like, that's awesome. Like, that's You so know the name of that store? I can't remember. It's, it's called Prairie Boys. Right. And yeah, we're yeah. Prairie Boys Supply Co. I found these guys, and I was like, man, I should reach out. I should holler at these guys. And they've been a retailer for three or four years, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool store. It's such a cool town, actually. We're going there in a few weeks, so I, I'm looking forward to it. But, well, that's, uh, uh, and what do you what do you want out of Prairie Boys? Like, if you think end game, are you just like, oh, I'm happy with where it's at now, or do you want it to be, like, your business and you step away from this? Or Yeah, yeah, ideally. So... I guess a, my short-term plan is to complete the line. We're probably about two or three products short, but mm -hmm. product development takes a lot of time and I'm super hands-on. So I want to add to the line and then, you know, in a few years only do Prairie Boys because to be honest, it deserves way more time than it's already getting. Right. But finding the balance, right? Sure. Like, like right now in my life, it makes most sense for me to work all three all three businesses because then you know you the you reap the rewards but you know i hope that in a couple of years i can be earning enough money off prairie boys where i can justify just doing that full time right i mean it would it would be close now probably but it's it, it's easy for me to do all of them because i can i can work the brand from my smartphone from my computer at the shop i can sell it at the shop i can pack it from the shop i can mm -hmm. you know i can really micromanage it all from here nice well and that's the good thing about today right like you oh absolutely. i just sit in bed with my son in the morning and like do work from my oh, phone for like an hour and have a coffee and i'm like this absolutely. isn't really work but it like it is work but it, it's it's the pleasure of being self-employed in that sense right so well and then so you complete the brand now you're saying well we're making a flagship prairie boys absolutely store. absolutely so that um i'd like to see that next year yeah yeah 100 percent like to see that next year i think um just something small a flagship maybe even just a prototype right you know and uh I, th I think the demand is there like we I'm grateful for the following that we have and the following mm -hmm. in Edmonton like I we sell the pomades of beard care all day long here right. and then so that will be the natural progression of the brand for sure nice and then so you have to leave here or are you gonna sell this oh big spot or I mean keep it? no I think I think Aaron and I would always keep it yeah I think we'd always keep it and 
she's probably itching for me to get out of here, so maybe I would go to over there. Right. I mean, who who knows, right? But yeah. I know for me, I would be disappointed in myself if I was just cutting people's hair here two years from now. I need change. I, I need variety. And, I mean, I want to see Prairie Boys through all the way. Like, right. we have more than proof of concept. It's a good business. It's it's a platform to be creative it's different and you know i'm proud of it so i want to i want to see it through yeah well you should be it's super cool like it it's uh you should check it out you should check it. i remember when you like had the pictures of that guy and i'm like <laughs> who is this guy like why is he so good looking and what is happening like oh. you get like ten thousand likes or whatever like or uh, who it knows is. but like really fast and i was like yeah, yeah. So it was just a great marketing campaign that you know I haven't I haven't seen any of my friends or anybody I know do something that fast with like getting that many followers. Well, you know what? It, it seemed weird too. Like Chris McPhee, he uh, he was like a, like scouting people online and he'd send it to me dm he'd be like yo check this guy out. he's got five thousand followers right and we'd go back to this guy you know two months later and he'd have a hundred thousand followers right and he'd be tatted he'd be with a beard and then all these guys just blew up and right. people this was before people had really started becoming their own brands on Insta. Like influencers. Like inf influencers, yeah, yeah. exactly. You like, hadn't heard that term We before. hadn't heard right. that term. If anything, you were just like, this guy's a narcissist, man. Like, right. holy shit, this guy's <laughs> right. corny, right? Totally. But you'd, you'd, you'd like look for a guy that wasn't corny that you could get behind, right? Right. And we were lucky to get Chris John Millington out here. and yeah, it, Nice. It's interesting. It's, it's it also bizarre, but... Totally. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's the, the era we live in. I know. Now. Well, yeah. And I, like... So, for me, like, at, in the beginning, because I saw that, and I was like, Instagram could be so huge. And then I realized, like, guess what, Kent? Like, a financial planning company isn't cool enough to, like, get traction on Instagram or, like, have people be like, oh, I need to work with this guy oh, just because... I, I think I just, you're... You're doing a good job bridging the gap, though. I, I think there's always an angle. Always well, an angle. I, I would agree. And I'm never going to stop with Instagram, but I, I, I've i checked before. It's like people aren't coming. Like, you don't gain trust off of somebody off of Instagram <laughs> to manage their money. It has to be longer term. They need to watch me before they're ever going to contact me. It's not like one picture just isn't going to do it, but... I like doing it and you know I try and just make it so it's like oh people know what my life is about instead right so that's uh yeah I don't uh, I, I always have so a few questions that I like to ask like business owners and and so has your success up to this point in your life owning businesses just been easy everything about it has been easy oh no not a, not at all I mean it's 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 been a challenge at times for sure mm -hmm. i mean for me i'm not the most money motivated guy on planet earth i right. like the lifestyle i like being in charge of my day i don't like waking up early mm -hmm. so for me it's got more pros and cons but no it's not for the the faint of heart for sure right 
And uh, what about the idea of ever going back and working for? Could you ever think, see yourself <laughs> working for somebody? Oh, I think about that all the time. Like, <laughs> but is it realistic? Would someone want to put up with me? Would I want to put up with them? You know, like, right. again, the pros. It's it's too it's too nice being your own employer and setting your schedule and now with my daughter being so busy and like it's right but I mean I do have dreams of spending other people's money developing products for them like I just think all the time I see all these brands and I ask myself I'm like are they deliberately not cool or like who like who's making these decisions for these right. incredible brands that have structure and money and like reach mm-hmm. to do anything and this is the best idea they could come up with right. like i would love to work for a crazy team with mad money and totally. cuz sure. like like even the things we do with prairie boys and our businesses here it's all based upon what we're willing to spend like these are just like a fraction of the ideas we have but, oh, yes. but how do you get the money to create what you really want to create the exact right? same as me I have like, all these ideas and I'm like well can't, you don't have the time or the money to do that totally. but like I want to and I'm like oh that's important I think it would be cool but <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> like it, it's uh, there's only so much you can do with limited resources but if your marketing budget was X like you know you can take it to I do believe that everything is marketing and you know what when you in the hair grooming game it was very deflating for me to find out that these brands that you think are competition with one another if they're not the same brand they're made in the exact same place and the only thing that separates them is the bottle Hmm. and it's like wow right it's interesting but I think that's with with a lot of things that's the world like you're just like Oh, one giant corporation owns every single one of these products. Oh, absolutely. That's right, so uh, that's an interesting take on uh, on that. Do you have you got anything else you want to add about your businesses? No, that's it. That's, that's all. Fun. Yeah, you thank fun? you. You got less nervous. Yeah, yeah. Once you start going, it's yeah, all good. It's fine. It's totally. all good. The. Uh, yeah, so check out uh, Vanity Corner or The Refuge and, and get your hair done. Visit Jason and Aaron and, and all their nice and awesome crew. And and uh, yeah, buy some Prairie Boys. Check them out on Instagram. It's it's a cool product. I'm excited to see what you do with it, um, where it goes. I mean, hopefully we're talking again in a year or two and you've got that shop and, and it's, you know, a brand that's beyond Alberta, beyond Saskatchewan, and see what goes on. Oh, absolutely. Wicked. You can then tell us how to do that and recreate that. Beautiful. Just hit the... (laughs) Uh, Thanks, buddy. Thanks for making me look good. (laughs) Beauty.